0: Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the February edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. We're going to start with this news written by John Rowe. Crestone Food Bank closes its doors for now. The Crestone Food Bank has temporarily ceased operations while volunteers search for a new home for the community resource, which before closing was serving as many as 200 area residents a week. In the meantime, food bank equipment including freezers, refrigerators, and shelving is being stored at the Alamosa location of the food bank's parent organization, La Puente. Funds that were donated to the Crestone Food Bank are also being held by La Puente until a new Crestone location can be found. Local concerned citizens are scrambling to fill the void with other food options for needy folks in the area, and there is a concerted effort to get information to everyone about where to turn, at least temporarily. A public service notice in this issue of the Eagle will detail as many options as we can find, and more could be added to the Eagle website as they arise. Facebook will also be an information source, and free computer usage is available at the public library. Folks in Dire Straits can call any public entity. The Baca Properties Association POA at 719-256-4101. The Crestone Mayor's Office, 719-256-4313. Swatch County Outlets, 719-655-2231. And La Puente itself, 719 589 Fifty-nine zero nine, And hopefully they will be directed toward free food sources. There is already an effort to arrange transportation for people without vehicles to either Alamosa or Swatch. Doubtless many other informal support options will open up as our community develops them. The food bank's search for a new home began in October, when the organization outgrew its location adjacent to the Crestone Mercantile, a space generously donated by grocery store owners Elaine Johnson and Steve McDowell in May 2019. In addition, Elaine and Steve needed the space for their growing grocery business. The food bank was given until year's end to find a new home. In our little town, there are very limited options, so Crestone Food Bank director Marge Hoglin approached POA manager Jay Walther. Marge and her husband, Joe Buckley, put enormous time and effort toward obtaining use of POA property, including the former golf pro shop space. After spending $2,000 on an asbestos test for the pro shop space and being told that any option the POA had for them would take months to be ready, it became clear that there were no viable options in a reasonable time frame. Marge and Joe reluctantly stepped down from their volunteer positions, allowing for others to try to make the food bank work later on down the line. Marge and Joe have left a legacy that we can all be proud of. They worked tirelessly, usually 25 to 35 hours a week, to build Crestone's food bank into an entity that fed many dozens every week and had the best selection and best quality food of any food bank in the valley. They developed a volunteer staff that is second to none, many of whom still want to be active in whatever form the food bank will take now. Marge and Joe would like it known that they exhausted all possibilities for a new home for the food bank and just could not find one in any time frame that would work. Jay Walter, for his part, says that while he and the POA board understand and appreciate the food bank volunteers' frustration, he believes there can be a solution. The association wants to find a place for the food bank and, in my opinion, should find a home for it, he stated. He believes that if the community comes together and helps the POA, a solution will be found. A special community meeting was called for January 25th for just that purpose. Jay has already reached out to several people, including the folks at La Puente, and is much encouraged by the helpful responses he has received. The Eagle's deadline rendered it too late to publish a report of that meeting, but the Eagle will try to publish it on its website. And in related news... Emergency Food Drive, Baca Grand Library, Fridays. If you are in need of emergency food assistance, the library is holding free food Fridays from 10 to 4. They also highly encourage people to donate non-perishable food in boxes during that time. Please enter through the regular library entrance. This will last for several Fridays. And Area Food Banks. During the time the Crestone Food Bank is closed, area residents are welcome to visit any food bank member of the Food Bank Network of the San Luis Valley. These include the Moffat Food Bank, located at Free Spirit Christian Church, open from 2 to 4 p.m. on Tuesdays. Their phone number is 719-256-5114. The Swatch Food Bank, located at Swatch County Social Services, 605 Christie Avenue, open Mondays through Fridays. 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Their phone number is 719-655-2537. And the Alamosa Food Bank, 513 6th Street, open Monday to Friday from noon to 4 p.m. For further information, please call Annalise Baer at 719-589-4567. And now turning to Baca POA News, POA vows to help Food Bank reopen soon. This is written by John Rowe. The regularly scheduled BGPOA board meeting was held on Thursday, January 20th at 11 a.m., the meeting was huge by POA standards, with 45 attending physically and another 25 via Zoom. The meeting lasted for over three hours, and there were still issues that had to be tabled until next month. The reason for the size and length of the meeting was due to the Crestone Food Bank shutting its doors. Many comments were taken from the floor detailing what many thought to be the POA's failure to negotiate in good faith to find a new home for the food bank. The commentary was often harshly critical, but polite. People seemed intent on expressing their displeasure, but also were interested in just what the POA and the community at large could do to fill the void and feed the many folks who depend on the food bank for most, if not all, of their food. Much of the audience commentary centered on the POA denying the use of the golf course clubhouse, based on the findings of an asbestos test paid for by the food bank. Community Manager Jay Walter adamantly denied that freeable asbestos levels were safe, and he said that a test paid for by the food bank showed that there were levels of asbestos present and that are in excess of what the EPA considers safe. He also defended claims by the POA's attorney that the asbestos in the building would invite lawsuits. The POA has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars defending the organization from what many people would consider frivolous lawsuits and is embroiled in a few right now. Jay and the board expressed over and over again that they intend on doing everything they can to find a home for the food bank. They emphasize that everyone has the same goal, feeding the needy. They will facilitate an effort to reopen the food bank quickly. One community meeting will have taken place by the time the February Crestone Eagle has been printed, and more are in the offing. La Puente, the parent organization for the food bank, said they will make every effort to be at the meetings. Several people commented that they are already getting the word out on alternative ways of feeding our folks, doing without, and they'll continue to find alternatives, even if they are only temporary. Several members of the Friends of the Baca Greenbelts were present to state who they are and what function they would like to perform. They got together and formed a group in response to fire mitigation efforts along our creeks. They are in favor of mitigation, but think that more trees could be left standing and provide a fire break that is effective and more aesthetically pleasing. Fire Chief Jim Vanderpool is open to their ideas and proposals and wants to incorporate them, if possible. The POA survey that came out recently showed that 80% of all responding members are in favor of all POA members on payment plans should be considered to be members in good standing, able to vote, as long as they are current in their payments and not in arrears on their assessments. The Board agrees with them and rescinded a 2021 rule to the contrary. Longtime POA board member and community activist Suganda Brooks resigned her post and wants to do more retired person kinds of things, like going to New Zealand. Thanks for all your service and have a great time. And now turning to this front page article written by Lisa Syriax, Protecting Elections is Not a Partisan Issue. Voting is the most basic right in our democratic process, yet in recent years there have been a slew of court cases defining and redefining how elections are conducted. These challenges will likely be ongoing into 2023 and 2024. Many Americans believe the U.S. Constitution protects a basic right to vote, but that is not really true. The voting system is more complicated and relies on multiple levels of checks and balances for security. At the forefront of defending elections are county and municipal clerks charged with conducting elections. Citizens also have a role in defending election integrity. In Swatch County, a small group of volunteer citizens requested to be allowed to hand-count the 2022 Republican primary election. Three races, governor's race, secretary of state, and representative to the 118th United States Congress, were counted by the four volunteers on December 19th and 20th. There was no change in the outcome of the election, as the races were already certified prior to the November general election. Three small discrepancies were found out of the 798 ballots cast. Heidi Ganal lost one vote. Greg Lopez gained one vote. Pam Anderson gained one vote. Mike Cohen one of the organizers requesting permission to conduct a recount explained the thought process that led to the request. Tina Peters had asked the Secretary of State for a hand recount of the po- Republican primary race, but it was never done. There were Republicans in Sawatch County that decided we wanted to do our part, our due diligence, he said. The Colorado Republican primary election for the Secretary of State office was recounted statewide, but not by hand. The results of that recount did not change the outcome of the race. The bill for a hand recount was $255,912. Over half that fee was refunded after the process was completed. He acknowledged Swatch County Clerk Trish Gilbert for making it possible for the team to recount. It's not about challenging Trish's work. Our concerns derive from the reality that as a county, we no longer count our votes. It has all been outsourced to an international corporation, Dominion Voting Systems, he said. The Swatch County hand recount was conducted at no cost to the citizens that participated. Cohen identified another area of his concern, that the county no longer cleans their own voting rolls. Clerk Gilbert clarified that her office follows state guidance to update voter lists daily. There are multiple ways people get added onto the voter rolls, for example, when you register for a driver's license you are automatically registered to vote per CRS 1-2-302 6.7. The clerk's office follows the National Voting Rights Act maintenance guidelines when determining whether to remove names from the voter rolls. Alternately, people can fill out a withdrawal affidavit to be removed from the list. The multiple court cases filed by election deniers since the 2020 general election, the various state-level election litigation making its way through the Supreme Court, rely on precedents that may not sit well with the court's current conservative majority. Historically, the one-person-one vote Was affixed to the Fourteenth Amendment's Equal Protection Clause by the Progressive Warren Court of the 1960s. Since that time, the one person, one vote principle was used to invalidate poll taxes, property qualifications, photo ID requirements, and various other requirements intended to limit access to the ballot, making it harder to vote. Despite multiple subsequent amendments, the Constitution has never included an amendment to guarantee all adult citizens a basic right to vote. Americans deserve to feel confident that our votes are accurately counted and protected from sophisticated cyber attacks. We must ensure the fairness, accuracy, and security that befits our democracy. And we have this notice, New in Town, Get Listed, NHN lining up new phone directory. Neighbors Helping Neighbors is happy to announce the kickoff of the new 2023-2024 phone book directory. If you are new in town or a new business, this is the place to be seen. The community has welcomed so many additional people and businesses that this new NHN phone book directory, with its updated contacts, advertisers, calendar of events, and maps, make this the community phone book you'll need and use. Getting in the directory, fill out the NHN form on paper or online to enter your name and contact information. Update or delete a contact between February 15th and March 31st. Paper forms and collection boxes are located at the Crestone Mercantile and the Elephant Cloud. Go online to nhncrestone.com to add or update information. Businesses and Services. Tell the community all about your business with advertising opportunities to fit your needs from only $25 and up to, 50, uh, and up to $500. Please contact Merrill Ennis at slvcoolcats at gmail.com for an advertising packet. Photo Contest. Enter your best local photo for the chance to be the credited for the cover photo. Send your photo to slvcoolcats at gmail.com before March 31st. New calendar of events. Annual events listed by month. Space is limited. Please email your calendar event to slvcoolcats at gmail.com. Deadlines. All listing information and advertising is due by March 31st, 2023. The directory will be available for sale at key locations and events starting the end of May. NHN is a 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization whose mission is to bring community together in supporting the well-being of households in crisis in an attempt to stabilize their situation. A crisis is a one-time event, like an accident or illness, which impacts the financial stability of the family. Requests have increased from one to four a month to one to four a week at increased amounts. The NHN directory is one of the key fundraisers for neighbors. Whether it is adding or updating your personal listing, advertising your business or service, or purchasing a book, NHN greatly appreciates you and your support. And in honor of Valentine's Day, the Crestone Eagle offers these Crestone love stories. An unlikely... An Unlikely Meeting, Denise and Kathy's Story We were both dedicated public servants and had encountered each other in various work-related situations. The field of emergency services is fast-paced and not the place to chit-chat too much. But one day, we each responded to the same call, and after taking care of business, we introduced ourselves over the subject that had brought us together that day, a dead body. It's an unlikely way to meet, but we are nearing our 27th year. God's love. D's story. God is love. His son, Yeshua, walked in perfect love on this planet, and his example shows us how to love others. He sacrificed his love, his life, so that in our most unloving state we could reconnect with true love, God Himself. When I chose Him, the Spirit of love was given to me to direct and guide my heart, will, and mind. I don't have to be alone or lonely. The Spirit brings me love, a peace that doesn't fade. Joy that spills over to others, patience that endures troubles, kindness and actions, gentleness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control as I walk out His instructions. God is personal, providing and caring for me like a loving husband as I choose to partner with Him. I am so grateful for our relationship that I can be in presence through prayer every day. I am not perfect, but God is perfecting love in me. I am so thankful to be able to share this love with my community and receive love in return from many. A Father's Love Lonnie's Story When I married my wife, my father was nearly eighty, and still longed to see a grandson in my family line. My wife's parents were also wanting a grandson. There was almost a sense of fulfilling the wishes of those close to me to bring a son into the world. I am the father of daughters, and feel comforted and have happiness being a father, and having a larger family. Making a way for a son to come into the world was an equal but different experience to my daughters. It brought a consciousness of love that was beyond just a love for my son. It included love for the whole family in two countries and the fulfillment of a grandfather's dream. Family lines are transcendent of time in the long run, and every son and daughter a blessing. To serve a family and do what we can for others is an act of love. As long as we're going with our grain and are acting out of our true nature, it's an honor to bring about blessings for others as well. Appreciation and Respect, Jane and Steve's Story I've heard a number of Crestone women say that the San Luis Valley is not a good place to find a man. I met Steve at Joyful Journey Hot Springs. He was the therapist on duty when I wandered in, needing a massage, Whenever I came to Crestone, Steve would be there with his massage table set up and ready to go. I had never had anyone woo me with body work before. It was quite heavenly. As a self-confessed massage junkie and massage therapist myself, how could I resist such a man? Twelve years on, and Steve still gives me the best massages. But seriously, what keeps us wandering through life together as a couple? I think that we both just appreciate one another. Our bond is deep comfortable, and full of respect and kindness. And now turning to regional happenings from Nick and Lee, we have the BYU International Folk Dance Ensemble in Alamosa, Thursday, February 16, 2023, from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at Platchy Hall 97 Stadium Drive, Alamosa. Folk Dance Ensemble presents a program of dances from more than a dozen nations, including Ukraine, Russia, Korea, Poland, Mexico, and the United States. Tickets cost $10. And Boombox at the Ivy Ballroom on February 18th. Doors open at 8.30 p.m. The show starts at 9 p.m. The Surf Hotel will welcome Boombox back to the Ivy Ballroom. Guests can expect a little house, a little blues, a little funk, a little rock, and a whole lot of soul. Blast through boombox. Get your New Year's started off with High Energy Rager on the River in Buena Vista. The tickets are $50. All ages are welcome. The location is Ivy Ballroom at Surf Hotel in Buena Vista. And let's not forget that Mardi Gras is going on. We have T-Road Brewing Mardi Gras Party, Saturday, February 18th. Join your local Cajuns to celebrate the season with a crawfish boil, drink specials, burlesque show, jam circle, contests, and prizes with more to come, 21 and up only. As for ongoing events, we have game night at Baca Grand Library every Thursday at 3.30 p.m., and T Road Brewery offers weekly events. Open mic night, Thursdays, 6 to 9 p.m., Car- karaoke night, Fridays, 6 to 9 p.m., Sunday brunch, Sundays from 10.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., bluegrass night, Sundays from 4 to 6 p.m., poetry and spoken word, alternating Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m., sign-up starts at 5.30 p.m., and final night, alternating Mondays from 6 to 9 p.m. And now taking a look at the community calendar on s- Sun on. Sunday, February 19th, Sufi Dikr. All welcome to participate with us at the Golden Light Sufi Circle in person or over Zoom. Please email hamidanur303, that's hamidanur N U R three zero three at gmail at gmail.com, or call 719-588-8602. Coming up on Wednesday, February 22nd, come breathe with me and... And William Hoffman. Call or text Melina for information and directions. Her number is 719-469-8693. Donations are gratefully accepted. And the Baca Grand Water and Sanitation District is meeting on uh, February 15th at 9 a.m. and speaking of which... They have a call for nominations published in the Crestone Eagle. To whom it may concern, and particularly to the electors of the Baca Water and Sanitation District of Swatch County, Colorado, notice is hereby given that a regular election will be held on Tuesday, May 2, 2023, between the hours of 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. At that time, two directors will be elected to serve a four-year term. Eligible electors of the district interested in serving on the Board of Directors may obtain a self-nomination and acceptance form from the district-designated Election Official, or at the District Administrative Office. Contact Judy Egbert, DEO, 719-580-9357. Email is govpro at outlook.com, or by appointment. Also, Baca Grant Water and Sanitation District Office is at 57 Baca Grant Way, South Crestone, Colorado, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. The deadline to submit a self-nomination and acceptance form is close of business on February 24, 2023, not less than 67 days prior to the election. Affidavit of intent to be a writing candidate forms must be submitted to the DEO by 3 p.m. on February 27, 2023, the 64th day before the election. Notice is further given that applications for an absentee ballot shall be filed with the designated election official no later than the close of business on Tuesday preceding the election at 3 p.m. April twenty fifth, 2023. All absentee ballots must be returned to the designated election official by 7 p.m. on Election Day. This is from the Baca Grand Water and Sanitation District, and that is all we have time for. Thank you for joining us. For the Crestone Eagle, my name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program